Welcome back to another episode of Where Are We Now, where I, Rev Correa's, get to connect, chat, and kiki with other people who grew up in that sweet spotlight. What do I mean by that? I mean child actors who are now adults. I mean teenage hot dreamboat musicians. I'm talking children of famous parents. All of the above. You name it, we got it here. I'm in a very singy mood today. I feel like Rosé. Anyone watching Drag Race season 13? I love this season. I love Simone. She's my girl. I really want her to win. I love Got Mick. Wouldn't be upset if Got Mick won. Would love to have a trans winner of Drag Race. That would be fucking tight. Yeah, I think she's revolutionizing the game of drag. And her performance in the Snatch Game was iconic. Simone too, though. I feel like she didn't get as much credit as she really deserved there. Her performance as Harriet Tubman was... She went there, y'all. She fucking went there. Anyways, yeah, I, I just got back from a vacation. I was in the desert and Joshua Tree all weekend with my friend Shani D. It was beautiful. Got some spicy, spicy content coming to Patreon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Get over there. It's fun. And our car broke down on the way back. It was kind of a hot mess. And I'm probably going to do like a longer, like, solo episode just about the weekend I spent in the desert and like kind of what I learned because there was a lot of lessons that I learned and also at the end of the month I'm seeing a muscle whisperer like a myofascial specialist for my migraines and I'm very excited for her to beat my body up with her loving firm hands her name's Jackie the muscle whisperer and she is wild her Instagram is crazy my friend Jake sent it to me and I was just like oh yeah I gotta see this woman now let's get down to brass tacks. Our guest this week is an amazing actor, writer, filmmaker, artist. You might recognize her from Sunny with a Chance on Disney. And you might also recognize her from her work on the show AP Bio. Give it up. Warm welcome to your ears, Allison Snyder. I'm so stoked about this. I have to say your email, you put three questions and they were all like really simple. And I just want to say, I appreciate that so much because too many times I've gotten like emails about like podcast interviews or, you know, video interviews, whatever it may be. And it's always like, what's it like working with Glenn Howerton? What's it like working with Demi Lovato? And it's like, what are these people like? What are they? I'm like, oh my God, listen to any of my other interviews. And it's all of that. And it's like 10 questions. And I'm like, how are we supposed to get through all of this with like actual in-depth answers. I was like, I love that you were like, here's one question. That'll probably take 30 minutes. I'm like, thank God, somebody like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the cool thing is that like, I don't, I don't actually care what it's like to work with Glenn Howerton. If I wanted to know what it was like to work with Glenn Howerton, I would bring him on the podcast, but you know, and you know, maybe I will. I love him. I love his work. Always sunny, big fan, whatever. Demi Lovato, also a dream guest, but I'll ask her what it's like to be her rather than asking somebody who is adjacent to those people, like what it's like to, cause I get so sick of being asked, you know, it was like working with Jack Black. First of all, nobody ever asked me what it was like working with Joan Cusack or Sarah Silverman. And I'm like, you're sexist. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate that. And yeah, simplicity works for me. I'm a fixed sign. I'm a Leo. So I, I definitely work well with like concrete yeses and no answers and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Simplicity works really well for me. 
Yeah, I think I'm a Taurus, but also didn't all the signs shift? I remember reading articles that was like they added in an extra sign and everything shift. Now it was Aries. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense or track at all. I feel like that when that one random sign was added, that everyone in the like astrology kind of witchy woo woo realm was like, yeah, we're not going to pay attention to that. We're going to, yeah, everyone proceed. You're still what you are. (laughs) I was like kind of excited to maybe be a cancer for a second, but I don't think that ended up being the case. So you're a Taurus, which is also a fixed sign, which would make sense if you're like, yeah, I really like the simplicity of it. Not to get super into astrology or anything like that. What is the thing that you're known for versus where are you today? Yeah, well, just a mini introduction. Allison Snyder. I just recently changed my last name because I got married. And I remember that actually being kind of a big decision as an actor trying to figure out whether to change my name or not, because, you know, thinking about it in terms of like my life, it's like I want my husband and I to have the same last name and I want my future kids and myself to have the same last name. And I'm not a big fan of hyphenated. I was like, let me just keep it simple. Let me just, you know, change my name. And I was like, even if people know me that whatever, it's like, I'm still going to work in the future. I'm still going to do my own thing. And I'm working on trying to transition into more behind the scenes anyway. So I was like, I'll just start establishing myself writer, like producer, everything under Allison Snyder and did the whole work getting my IMDb changed and everything. And I was like, if somebody doesn't recognize me, whoop de doo that's whatever. <laughs> We're new me now. I did the same thing. I, I went, I changed my name on all, like on SAG, on, you know, Actors Equity and all the union stuff. And, and I've got now like six different email addresses and it's just been a bitch. It's but crazy. Honestly, yeah. isn't it worth it though? Like once it's all like said and done, like, and, and so like now you're, you're Allison Snyder across the board on all social media, on SAG, on IMDb, all of the things. Fuck names are so stupid. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, why do we have to even have them? <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't like resonate sometimes. And I'm like, I'm just like, I don't know. Just, I, I call myself something different every time I go to order a coffee, mainly because Rivka is like, especially behind the masks, like people are like, what, what? And I'm just like, just put but RJ, like, <laughs> yeah, Allison. Yeah. Even Allison at Starbucks, they can't handle that. And I know my name's spelled weird, so I don't expect it to be, you know, spelled with the Y, but I've gotten A-L-I-C-I-N before at Starbucks. And I think that they were thinking like the name Alice, like starting with Alice and then being like in, I guess, I don't know. But yeah, I've, I've given up all hope on anybody ever getting my name right. People call me Ashley because Ashley's my middle name. I've gotten like Ashlyn, which is a combination of Allison and Ashley. And Do you think at Starbucks, they, they have a function where like once they start typing something in, they can't go back and delete it. And then they just start, <laughs> you're left with like a mishmash of what might be a name in some maybe some but planet. that doesn't that doesn't excuse the the sharpie days when they would just write your name on it True. i mean well you you can't really you can't really take that back it is technically permanent some of the weirdest things i've gotten on a cup like I, I don't even i've just given up and started saying rj but then recently i said riv which is like the shortened you know the, the nickname that all my friends call me and whatever that's cute and somebody thought literally the, the cup said ribs, like, and I was like, actually, I don't mind that. Actually, my name I is like ribs. <laughs> ribs. I'm named after a Lord song. I love it. 
Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But yeah, so Allison Snyder, born and raised in Los Angeles. We are unicorns, apparently. Everybody, I call them transplants. And just, you know, I've, I've seen many waves of people come in and out of L.A., but yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised here. So the industry was definitely a very different experience for me growing up because it, there wasn't like pressure to be like, oh, we're going back to Indiana if you don't get something this pilot season. So it was just kind of like my, you know, after school hobby. And it just slowly got bigger and bigger. And my parents had no idea what they were getting into. But yeah, the big the big thing for me that like got me out of school and what I'm probably most known for. I'm on a show right now called AP Bio, but the big thing from my childhood that uh, got me, you know, notoriety was Sunny with a Chance playing Zora. Yes. Zora was so fun. I I remember, I just love you in the intro sequence, even just like (laughs) operating that machine and just being (laughs) so extra. I was just like, I love her. (laughs) Thank you. How old were you when you started working on Sunny? So I was 11. I remember I was so disappointed because when I started working on Sunny with a Chance, I had to leave school because the teachers were just like not understanding at all of what the industry was. It was like a college prep school. It was like a religious school and they had no other actors there. So they were just like, you're choosing not to show up. And I was like, I have a tutor there who's ready to help me with schoolwork. If you just like tell me what I need to do a couple days in advance, I can like handle it and bring it back. And they were just like, nope you underlined everything but I changed it in class to you had to circle it instead and I'm like this is (laughs) they were like oh I wanted everybody to do the odd numbers instead of the even numbers and it was just like yeah so I had to I had to leave school and I was disappointed because it was sixth grade was like the big year for like this crazy field trip that everybody had talked about from kindergarten to sixth grade that it was like oh yeah it was like going out to Catalina Island and it was like this whole marine biology thing and it was like because you go stay the night there on the island so it was like a huge deal of kind of like you know transitioning from you know elementary school into middle school and now you get to like go stay there with all your classmates and your teachers and your without your parents. And I was like, I remember being so pumped, like, you know, for the entirety of elementary school, everybody was talking about this Catalina trip. And then it was like, I booked any with a chance. My parents pulled me out of school. And then like a month later, all my friends went on the Catalina trip. And I was like, gosh, dang it. Why couldn't this have come like one year later? Crushing. That is soul crushing. (laughs) I (laughs) I love stories like that. Like, for me, I had just gotten cast in the school play. I, I think fifth grade was when School of Rock started casting and all that. And I had like finally broken out of my shell. I was like, not as shy. I wasn't as weird and quiet. And I was like breaking out of my shell and starting to make friends and stuff. And I had gotten cast as Alice in the school play version of Alice in Wonderland. And since there were so many kids interested in that role, they they split Alice up into four different kind of parts of her journey. And I got to be like tea party Alice and the cast list went up. I was just like, yes, like finally my time to shine. And then like a couple of days later, School of Rock cast me and I was just like pulled out of the like lead role in the school play. And I was just like, to my mom, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm conflicted. She was like, shut up. You're doing a movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to do. I'm conflicted. I don't want to let them down. I'm Tea Party Alice. This could tea be party big. Alice. I can't do this. But luckily my friend Gigi Davila, shout out, shout out. Like she ended up taking the, the role and I heard she did a marvelous job. So <laughs> shout out to Gigi. 
So Sonny, what a chance. And you're, you're, you're working on AP bio now, which is so funny. A lot of my second city pals work on that show as well. Like Mary Stone and Mike O'Brien, I know from, you know, the second city in Chicago and that show has been on for a couple of seasons now, right? Three seasons. Yeah, we're just actually my first day back at uh, season four is tomorrow. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah. It's uh, definitely a weird time to be coming back, but grateful for the work, of course. Right. Where are you now, though, like outside of like work? You've been, you know, p- pandemic lockdown for a year. Yeah, where is anybody right now? But I mean, like I said earlier, I'm I'm working on transitioning more into behind the scenes. And actually earlier today, I was having a production Zoom call with uh, our team that we have. I, I wrote a feature that, you know, we're working on getting off the ground right now. Obviously, COVID makes everything really complicated. But I, I did the work of, you know, doing a bunch of short films leading up to this and the festival runs and, you know, investor meetings and building up, you know, portfolio, all that. And it's definitely a new and exciting world and I'm putting all my heart and soul and energy into that. And then it's weird when, you know, I'm, I'm fully invested in like rewrites or working on a lookbook or something. And then I get like an email for a same day audition or a self tape or something. I'm like, wait, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm busy. <laughs> so I'm working right now to really like make that transition smooth, which, you know, transitional periods are always difficult and it's, Definitely challenging to have my name always followed by actress and then followed by the things that I'm passionate about because actress is something that, you know, I've been doing since I was four years old and it's kind of something that I stumbled into and it's been great to me and I'm thankful for all the experiences that I've had up until here and I'm thankful for all the people that I've met, but I don't like being kind of labeled as that as my main like she is an actress and then she also does some other things on the side i'm like no i put 99 of my time into the other things can we lead with that it's like even i do artwork and i, I sell art on etsy and i stream on twitch like painting and, and have a community there your work is so great by the way like oh, i checked out your you. etsy and i was just like damn i love also your tiktok <laughs> about Karen from accounting. Susan from accounting. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Susan from accounting. I love her. um, And I love that grandma. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. My grandmother's favorite, favorite piece is my Susan from accounting with her BDSM mask on. But uh, yeah, I, so it's like, it's weird because, you know, even doing like an art show or something, it's like, I've got my work up in a gallery and press article for it. will say Alison Snyder, actress, artist and I'm like well why why is the actress part first I'm like this is just me as an artist but you know it's kind of like I'm trying really hard to be appreciative of you know the support and like you know channeling people in through that and it's it's good to you know have the following and the community and everything and I'm I'm thankful for like the platform that it's given me but I'm also trying really hard to like shake the actress title which probably doesn't work <laughs> doesn't work very well when I'm continuously taking acting work Anyways, it's just the, you know, interesting transition over and I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, taken a little bit more seriously as writer and producer and artist and everything that I, that I'm doing elsewhere. It's so frustrating to be boxed in like that. I feel you so hard on that. Like that, that's, that's so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. that. That's like, that's super tight that you're, you're making the transition into behind the scenes work and writing and producing and and you've got like king energy right now like you know <laughs> just like doing that like producer writer 
artist and then to be like, ugh, I just, <laughs> and then it's just like, she's an actress. <laughs> I don't know. It, just oh, feels you, so, yeah. it feels so minimizing, doesn't it? I don't know. The big thing for me is, I mean, all throughout my entire childhood, all my friends knew that if they came over to my house, that we were going to be making some sort of film. Like my dad and I, when, you know, we would be in a waiting room for an audition for like two hours or, you know, on the long drives back from Santa Monica stuck in rush hour, we would just like be writing together and coming up with stories and fun, like ridiculous musicals and stuff. And then we would invite all my friends over. I would have a script all like handwritten out. And, you know, my friends, instead of calling and being like, what movies or snacks do you want me to bring? It was always like, okay, what wardrobe do you want me to bring? And like, I would recruit my friend's parents as well. And I was like, okay, you're going to be playing Jenna's mom. And just like, it was always every weekend was a big production. And like, especially as my commercial money would come in. So it's like, you know, I would do a big commercial and then a paycheck would come in and, and I'd be like, okay, cool. So now this is the budget for my next thing. And it was always just like, you know, incredible. Yeah. It was, it was always just like my passion was always storytelling and I enjoyed acting for the storytelling elements and you know what kid wouldn't want to you know run around in a costume and hang out with other kids and skip school and stuff but it was never about like the acting or the spotlight or you know the pursuit of fame it was always just like oh I get to like play make-believe with my friends and this is fun and you know whether I was in front of or behind the camera it was just all about storytelling and then it was really weird kind of especially because Sunny with a Chance, I was 11. And then when the show got picked up, I was 12. And that's like a really transitional period in a kid's life anyway, is kind of going into those teenage years. And so being more in the spotlight during that time and being around more like other young teenage girls who are, you know, taking this a lot more seriously than I was, it kind of gave me a slightly different perspective on like, oh, this is a job and this is competitive and this is, you know, <laughs> in the spotlight and public and, you know, people now all over the world know what my face looks like. And if I do my makeup and hair terribly or get a bad spray tan, now all of a sudden that's like permanently on the internet. Yeah. It, it just definitely like it went from, you know, this fun, like, Oh, this after school weird, like thing that I do. And now it's like, Oh, this is a much bigger part of my life than I originally anticipated. I didn't really even think about it. That's so interesting. I love that you say that you, you were, I mean, you're invested in the story. Like that is what actors are from day one. Actors have been the storytellers. Right. And like people forget that that's like the main thing on the job description. Like the reason why we're hired for whatever roles we're hired for is because we were the best one to tell the story, but it gets buried and, and obscured by so much other shit. Social that, media like, following look right, like right. relevance, Where's that blue check mark. <laughs> but you know, I love what you said. And you're like, Oh, like I'm surrounded by people who are taking this a lot more seriously. Like what, what was the, was the energy like, was it just like exhausting to be around that kind of like competitive energy? Yeah. I mean, I tried not to let it rub off on me. And also my, I was so, so lucky because my parents were really chill about it. So there was never any like pressure from them to, you know, if I wanted to turn down an audition, there was no like pushback from my dad or like, you have to do this or whatever. He was also really, really good about 
you know, growing up, you know, when I'm like five and I'm auditioning for national commercials and stuff, you know, if the shoot date lined up with a Chuck E. Cheese birthday party for my friend that I was really looking forward to and I'm getting like callbacks for it, my dad would, you know, call up my agents and be like, ah, I'd like, well, if she books it, she can't do it anyway because there's this Chuck E. Cheese birthday and my agents are like, this is a national commercial. Like, what she should go on this callback, like, you know, shift things around. And my dad's like, if I make her skip this Chuck E. Cheese birthday, she's just going to show up on set and be like crying the whole time. Or, you know, even if she's able to go and be a trooper, it's like she's going to quit. She's not going to be an actor anymore if I'm making her like miss out on these like fun childhood things. So my dad was really good about like managing my schedule. And, you know, like if I was starting to get too many auditions in one week or he knew that I had a big school project coming up or something, he would turn stuff down. And, and you know, of course, I hear that later as an adult. I'm like, oh, dang, that could have been like another another car in the garage, another story on the house. But I'm 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 grateful that he managed that properly. It's so cool that that he was able to maintain boundaries like that. And the word that comes to mind is just like integrity. Like that is so incredible. And what a gift that you, you know, had that kind of upbringing where like nothing came before, like your happiness as a kid and and your being able to experience childhood. Did you ever have a moment though, when you were working for daddy Disney that you were like, I'm not a kid anymore. Like, did you ever have that like gut drop of like, I am an employee. (laughs) Like, I think that didn't hit until much later in my life, especially like after moving out and my dad not going to sets with me anymore. Before that, my my dad did a really good job of, you know, even if sets forgot that I was a child, he would always remember that I was a child. And I also had a wonderful, wonderful set teacher on Sunny with a Chance. Her name was Marsha. And she was so good about making sure that on like the big stressful days that like I could come to the schoolroom as like a sanctuary and she could see if I was like kind of getting worn out on set. She'd be like, we need some school time. Like, come with me. Like, let's go to the schoolroom. And she would just let me paint. And that was really where like my passion for art turned from a hobby into more of like a career thing for me, because what we would do is we would catch up on all the schoolwork during the like hiatus weeks or during like the really light rehearsal days. We would just power through a bunch of schoolwork that way on the film days when, you know, everything's chaotic and I'm getting wigs ripped off my head and all this crazy makeup on. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, amidst all this like really difficult work for, you know, a child to be uh, doing for, you know, nine, 12 hours, then, you know, I could go to the schoolroom and just like relax and paint and draw or whatever I wanted to do. Even if I just wanted to go in there for a nap, she was like really cool about making sure that like my well-being came first. Okay. Shout out to Marsha. I love Marsha for you. <laughs> yes. We had a non-set tutor. She, she definitely was like our LA tutor also named Marsha. I wonder if it's the same one. I do not remember much from, you know, the, the after math of School of Rock. I kind of dissociated a lot of it, but I, I do remember our teachers always having our backs in a way that sometimes our parents did not, but is there a part of your story that you're currently rewriting? I don't know about rewriting, but I'm 
definitely taking a little bit harder of a look at myself and who I want to be, because I think I, had, you know, kind of fit into this box for so long unknowingly. And now all of a sudden, like being in control of my social media and my presence and my website, it's like, what do I put on my website? Do I put, you know, acting stuff? Do I put my like writing credits and, you know, everything I've done behind the camera? Do I put my art? Like, do I, <laughs> like, it's just kind of like, I, I had to take a lot harder of a look at like, who is am I as a person and who do I want to present myself as to the world as well as kind of where do I want to see myself and like my future because that was always something too that I didn't really think about growing up because I wasn't really looking at this as like a career like I knew it was a career but I wasn't really thinking oh this is what I'm going to do for my entire life or this is what I'm going to do for right now and then I'm going to do this I was just kind of being a kid, enjoying that money would come in and I could go to Disneyland with some friends and then I would get auditions and work. It was just like, it di I didn't really like sit down to, you know, come up with a 10 year plan or anything. So now it's just kind of, you know, moving out, being on my own, you know, working from here. It's like auditions come in and I don't have my dad to be like, Hey, we're doing this. We're going to this. It was just kind of now it's me having to make those decisions of being like, oh, but the Chuck E. Cheese birthday, I need to go to that. So I've, I've been trying to manage my schedule the same way that my dad did. So, you know, if I have a super stressful weekend or something that I'm really looking forward to and I get an audition, I try to, you know, check back in with myself and be like, yeah, the extra money would be great. But also the like sanity and the time to yourself would be great as well. <laughs> Yeah. What are the Chuck E. Cheese birthdays now? Like, is it just quality time with your, with your boo or is it like making short films on the weekends and stuff? Like yeah. That? All of the above. I remember in the most recent one was for Halloween 2020, you know, we had all been obviously having a really rough time and a couple of my castmates, my closest friends and my uh, younger sister, we all just wanted to like see each other and spend some time playing board games. And, you know, Halloween is our favorite holiday. And we were like, oh, we want to be able to celebrate it together. So what we did was we planned this whole thing like month in advance of like renting a cabin in Big Bear. So we like all split the bill, cabin in Big Bear, planned out like our meal plan so we wouldn't have to leave. We like got COVID tested and like the, you know, isolation for two weeks, all that good stuff. And, you know, we put all this time and effort into planning. And I remember in the weeks leading up to it, getting a self-tape audition for a film that was going to shoot in like Canada, like over that weekend or something. And I was like, like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I was like, I'm not going to bail on this thing that I helped plan and that I'm really looking forward to, like for my own psyche. And I was like, even if I don't get it, it's like still the like feeling of sending in a self tape and being like not knowing if you're going to get it or not. And like having to keep that on like the mental agenda of upcoming schedule. I'm, I'm such like a planner and I like things to be scheduled and figured out. And I like, you know, I have a physical calendar still. I'm one of the few people who still like pencils things in on the calendar and like highlights and their little appointments and things. And I'm like, I don't want to have all these like variables floating around my calendar. I just want to know what's happening and what's not happening. I feel that it feels good to kind of take your power back from daddy Hollywood. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember whenever I essentially, you know, took my power back and said like, mom, I do not want to do any auditions right now. Um, and while that was hard for her, it felt good. It felt like a part of myself, like got to kind of come back and, and part of my childhood got to be explored that might be that maybe wouldn't have gotten to be explored if I hadn't like taken some of my power back a little bit. It's kind of like taking control of your narrative. 
saying no is the best feeling. <laughs> oh, it feels so good to say no. It's almost like it's actually 10 times better than saying yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That big bear trip sounds amazing. I did a big bear trip for my birthday and it was my first time up there. It was unreal, yeah. incredible. Had a spiritual experience watching the sunrise. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's oh so my God. stunning. Where in LA are you currently? I am in the Valley. I've got like a condo in Van Nuys. I'm like at the part of Van Nuys where if you make a right, it's like lock your doors and roll up the windows. And then if you go left, then it's like beautiful Sherman Oaks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. I'm in Silver Lake right on sunset in the middle of all of the action and gentrification. It's great. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I love it. I want to hear so much more about this, but I think that some of this might come up in the next segment, which is honestly my favorite segment of the podcast. This is Who Was Your Matilda? Who was your Matilda? Where I ask my guests, who was the first person that you saw in either TV or in a book or in some form of media that you saw that character and you were like, oh, that is me. I feel seen and understood by that character. Okay. Did you see Catch That Kid? (gasps) Yes. It was with Kristen Stewart playing this character named Maddie. And it was my obsession. We lived right across the street from a blockbuster. So I would make my parents rent it over and over again. Every time like the rental was expiring, I would just make them get it again and catch that kid. She's like, she rock climbs and she like drives go-karts and like, she's got these two guy best friends. And she's just like this, like mega badass and like going in, robbing this bank and like planning this whole spy mission. I was just like, I like this, like this character, Maddie is like my everything. You know, I I feel like a lot of other kids movies, they tend to be very like focused on like school stuff and popularity. And there's like, you know, girl rivals and there's always like the pretty blonde and every like, I don't know. It was just like, I could never relate to any of that. But like this girl, Maddie, she was just like, I don't know if it was just something as silly and stupid as the fact that she was brunette. And like, there's not always like a badass brunette lead in kids movies. But yeah, I don't know. I just like, I, I fell in love with that movie and everything about it. And it's actually, I rewatched it and it still totally holds up. Like the action sequences are pretty dang good, especially for a kid's film. Like when they're doing the go-kart stunts and like, you know, the chase sequences, it's really cool. Like they're going under trucks and cars and stuff and the go-karts and like these crazy, like, yeah, she's like repelling from a safe and stuff. I'm like, this is such a good movie. Like, despite the fact that it's got like you know family elements and it's a kid's film and stuff it's like actually still really good okay memory absolutely unlocked I haven't seen that movie (laughs) since it came out I will have to I didn't even realize that Kristen Stewart is like one of my number one crushes first of all that is so funny I completely forgot that she was in that and now I'm remembering and now I'm like remembering for sure a sense of like sapphic yearning when I first saw that movie and being like, wow, she's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have definitely such a hardcore girl crush on Kristen Stewart. And I've always like defended her, especially during the twilight phase of everybody was like, Kristen Stewart sucks. And like, this is a terrible movie. I was like, she was probably told to play it like this. And like, how are you supposed to put this like badass Kristen Stewart in this role of this girl who's supposed to be super shy and super clumsy. And it's like, I'm sure that all like the stuttering and the 
awkwardness is like producers being like, you're too cool, dumb it down. And either way, whatever happened on set, whether that was her choice or not, I'm just like, Kristen Stewart is a god. Don't <laughs> don't talk about my girl like that. She is. We have to protect her. <laughs> have you seen the SNL sketch of her, the Totino's pizza roll sketch with Wait, Kristen Wait, I Stewart? haven't. Oh, oh it's so good. That'll that'll be like a little watch that after Hell we're done yeah. recording because it is so good. Hell yeah. It is like classic Kristen Stewart. Yeah. She honestly, like seeing her in the movie Speak, which is a horribly triggering and traumatic book now that I think about it. Um, but she was in the film adaptation of that. And that was, I think, my first time like registering like her as an actor and having so much respect for her and I was just like I want what she has she's killing it it's like this queer icon and like people are just like finally accepting and getting over the twilight of it all American Ultra is one of my favorites and there's the uh Adventureland so good Adventureland oh my god I she is such a I mean she's got a great canon of like just incredible stuff she was also in panic room right oh my god yeah she's in so so much stuff I remember actually I had a meeting with my agents one time I think it was right after Sunny they were kind of asking me where I wanted my career to go and they were asking me like what other celebrities that I like admire or look up to or would want kind of a similar career path and I remember saying Kristen Stewart and I remember my agents being like the Twilight girl. And I was like, she's so much more than that. I was like, she's been in this industry forever and she will continue to be in this industry forever. Yeah. Oh my God. She is timeless. That is like, Kristen Stewart is timeless. And that's like, that is a fact (laughs) and we have to respect that. Yeah. I also, I remember there's like the one iconic, like the pictures in the video of her on a red carpet. Like she just stops in the middle of this massive red carpet, just photographers everywhere. And she takes off her heels and just walks down the carpet barefoot, just holding her heels. I was like, God damn it. Yes. Icon. Yeah. Her, her episode, you ever watch hot ones? Oh my gosh. I've seen clips. Yeah. Yeah. Her episode of hot ones. Like I was just like, how are you so cool? And your mouth is on fire. And she's still just like, yeah. Uh, like like, fire wings that I'm just like, how are you still so cool? Yeah. I think she's for sure an icon of, you know, not letting the child stardom and the industry, you know, put her head in the clouds. It's like, you know, she seems like so level-headed and grounded and, you know, continuing to work regardless of tabloids and media and everything. And it's, it's a crazy world out there and thrust into the spotlight and she's seems to be doing great. Yeah. And I see that in you too, honestly, Allison, like the fact that you still are like, make, cause you, you tweet, you, you tweeted a TikTok almost said, Oh my God, I'm a thousand years old. Um, <laughs> you, you did a TikTok where you're like showing this Han Solo video that you did when you were a kid. And like, I love seeing shit like that because my sisters and I would make similarly like do productions. Like we, there are some really heinous videos of yes. my siblings and I like doing these like full, like short films that we just recorded in our house that are like, some of them are scary. Some of them are just like weird for the sake of being weird, but we thought we were being avant-garde and seeing that you are are still making these short films. You still got Astrid Clover, which is your internet persona, your like YouTube alter ego and are still investing in these like big productions is so cool. And I love seeing that like you are still your authentic self. 
Thank you. Yeah. I, oh my God, you brought up Astrid Clover. So Astrid is something that I've been doing for, I think almost seven years now. And I've put out an episode every single Friday. We've never missed a week. It's just at this point, I'm just like, well, I can't stop now. And it's also become kind of like this weird, like video diary of my like life. And you kind of, you get to see me like grow up and there's, you know, we have the opportunity to make everything pretty like relevant to the times since, you know, we're filming it usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday and then we have to post it by Friday. So it, you know, usually has to do with like different world events or kind of what's going on and the trends on YouTube. So it's yeah, it's kind of this like strange documentation of the last like seven years of my life and, you know, people who have come in and out of my life and and, you know, my husband for the past, you know, several years has now been a part of the series. But it's like, yeah, he you know, the boom guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> You, you get to see the show pre Dylan and post Dylan. Our, our audio and our gear got a lot better when he came on. It's a fun time. And I actually was having a conversation with Dylan recently about how I feel weird rewatching episodes of Astrid because occasionally like I'll be going to like, you know, post something or promote it or check the comments or something. And I'll find myself getting like caught up and watching the old episodes and be like, oh, I forgot about this and just kind of giggling to myself. And then like Dylan will walk in and I'll feel weirdly like, self-conscious about watching my own work but I'm like you know what that's why I'm doing it it's like I, I should be proud of the work that I'm making and obviously I want to make something that I actually find funny so it's like this is the whole thing is just my sense of humor all in a show it's so funny the one that I stumbled upon was the girls gone wild one. oh no <laughs> just like, oh my god like the hair it was just like so like classic like I don't know it's wild that I'm saying this about 2016 when that's not really that long ago but like thinking about like 2016 hair like <laughs> yeah it was like that long yeah the long brown hair was that that era of astrid clover with like the pink streaks in it and the little headband and glasses and everything it was very like american apparel trendy oh my god american apparel rest in peace Ugh. i remember i did a billboard run for Astrid uh, a couple years back during that whole phase. And I mimicked the American apparel ads because we had done one billboard run before that of just like, you know, some small billboards and some bus benches. And it was like pictures of our whole crew. And we made it look like we had been vandalized. So I like, you know, blacked out people's teeth and did horns and mustaches and stuff. And it was like, we're so ahead of the curve. We vandalized ourselves was the joke of that billboard, which was fun, but it also had a lot of information on it because it had like social media handles and the YouTube link. And it was like Astro Clover weekly web series, blah, blah, blah. And I think it was like overcomplicated because it's like, you know, when people stop to look at a billboard, it's usually in traffic and they only have a couple seconds. So for the next billboard run I did, I mimicked the American Peril ads and I took these like ridiculously posed photos in American Peril clothing. And I just put it like against the white background and it just said Astrid Clover in that like simple black text no other information. It was just Astrid Clover. And I started getting like more traffic to the channel and people messaging. Yeah. People were messaging me being like, I almost crashed my car trying to Google what this was. That's incredible. You're a, okay. So marketing <laughs> genius. Absolutely. I try. I'm so, so fascinated about the psychology behind advertising. And like, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, as an actor and, you know, filmmaker and, you know, I post about my art as well. All my like social media profiles are like business accounts. So seeing your analytics and like seeing which posts do better than others and what time of day you're posting and what countries and like male versus female, it, like it's really weird seeing all these statistics about, you know, your selfie with your ice cream. 
doing better than your like selfie with this like sunset. And so it's been like kind of an interesting little like social experiment to kind of see what does better than what it's like, you know, makeup versus no makeup. And (laughs) I'm really into like just all of that, like analytics, numbers, all of that stuff on social media to a point where I got like a little bit too invested in it and had to like chill and like set some boundaries around it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I moved TikTok all the way to the very last, like, you know, you swipe on your phone and it's like, it looks like it's the end and then you swipe again and it's TikTok because I was like, I want to put this all the way back here to remind myself not to check it. (laughs) Yeah, to, to be a TikTok, like person, you kind of have to become a bit of a social media addict for a couple of days. And then once you start to like get videos that are doing well consistently, you can kind of like chill. <laughs> but I actually recently heard as from a social media, like scientist friend of mine. That, social like, media scientist. I love it. I mean, she's not a scientist. She's a, kind of like a witch <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> and she kind of just does a lot of research about TikTok and Insta and whatever. She's got over like 600,000 followers on TikTok because she and her husband have a cute cabin and uh, the Catskills, which is very, and it's like the dream. But she was saying that once you post something, if you close out of the app completely, and I don't mean just like switch to another app, I mean like close out of TikTok for at least two hours, the video gets more views. So hot tip. Hot tip, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've watched and and heard that one and a couple other tips before. Like you know, the algorithm is trying to bring you back to the app, and so it'll like try to send you more notifications. So it'll show your video to more people, so that you get notifications and it'll bring you back. And then other things of like it rewards you too for like responding to comments apparently because that gives other people notifications and makes them come back into the app and all this stuff. And it's like I remember you know absorbing all this information and thinking about it. Like, posting a TikTok, closing out the app, going back like a couple hours later and then responding to comments. And I was like, why do I care? I was like, oh my God, this sucks. This is not how I wanted to spend my Friday evening. Truly. Yeah. I do end up wasting a lot of time on there. So when I'm on there, I'm like pretty much only like looking for recipes and then posting my own stuff. And then I'll like watch whatever TikToks my friends send me and whatever. And if somebody sends me one in a text, I'll like end up on there for like five to 10 minutes and then I'll close it out. Yeah, I do actually have something to say when it comes to, yeah, social media. It's really like, cause I hate that it's such a vital part of all of my jobs. Like, you know, trying to, you know, post a YouTube video, you got to promote it somewhere. And even, you know, I, I put up a new listing on Etsy and, you know, I've got sales going on and I need to post about that. And, you know, I stream live on Twitch and I got to post about that. And it just the amount of time that I spend on social media, just like really like irks my soul and I hate it so much, but that was a big reason for Astrid Clover. So Astrid Clover started out during kind of the whole like hipster craze. So originally our episodes were like a minute, maybe long, if even, and it was usually just surrounding some stupid pun of just like, oh, we're going to see Radiohead. And then there'd be like a dude with a boombox on his shoulder or something stupid. Or like, we're going to go find the underground, like we're going to go find the underground music scene. And we'd like crawl into a gutter. And it was just like really <laughs> stupid, kind of just like penny boards, you ukuleles, sweaters and glasses. And we were just like, you know, kind of poking fun at hipsters. And then as the hipster craze started dying out and like millennials became the new target and YouTube started taking off as more of like a career and YouTubers were all of a sudden a thing. I started using Astrid as like this way to kind of showcase 
both sides of like the absurdity, but also the validity of like being a social media influencer. Cause I, it always bothers me when there's obviously older generations or anybody who's just not really in our world who kind of looks at, you know, people, you know, taking all these selfies and, you know, editing their photos and these apps and, you know, posting all the time and being so active on social media. And it's like, come on, get a life, like stop taking selfies. Don't be so full of yourself. And it's like, but do you realize that like, if I take a picture with a Coca-Cola bottle and it does really well, and then Coca-Cola wants to sponsor me, then all of a sudden that pays for for my entire lifestyle and like these travel blogs and like you can get like free vacations and stuff like you know el Hemador sponsored my wedding it's like you they got did? Like, yeah they sent us all the alcohol all the tequila oh, my god <laughs> just like crazy incredible yeah they weren't technically allowed to be like sponsors but they like gifted like crates and crates of tequila oh my god well if was... you're listening look <laughs> I drink you every day. <laughs> that's that's how you know somebody's a, a child actor or a set kid is LaCroix. Oh my God. <laughs> like the go-to oh, yeah, set like, drink. For real. You're either, yeah, you're either a former child actor or you're sober and, or both <laughs> like I am. <laughs> okay. So we've come to the next segment, which is kind of on the more vulnerable side. We're going to get vulnerable for a second. Imagine Allison at whichever age is significant to you is standing in front of you. What do you say to her? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you bright eyed idiot. <laughs> so child Allison, I think did pretty dang well, but also obviously every kid makes mistakes. And yeah, I think my my big thing that I wish I would have done differently was spend a lot less money. I I was not like a crazy spender or anything, but I also I think that it was my way of making friends is I would kind of like offer to pay for everybody. And I was very much like, hey, I want to spend time with my old school friends or, oh, I want to spend time with these like kids that I just worked with or anything. And I was just like in order to have friends, let me like treat everybody to dinner. Like I, I remember being like literally in elementary school, like eight years old and I would rent limousines and like take my friends to go see like the Spongebob movie and things. It's just like, it's not that I regret that because I think that was super fun, but I think especially in teenage years, when I kind of hit the period of life where, you know, things became a little bit more competitive and friendships and then all of a sudden dating entered the scene. It was like a really weird dynamic to be like the one with money in the friend group. And I think that I just like didn't quite know why certain people were my friends or, you know, dating everything. I, I think that I just wish that I would have, you know, not bought boys laptops. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. That is a good yeah. lesson for everyone out there. If you are, you know, interested in putting your child, you know, in the film industry, or if you're a child and you're listening to this for some reason, I, I don't know why you would. <laughs> That's, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I like that, um, but just don't buy a boy a laptop, save that yep. money for college <laughs> or for investing in your own projects. Yeah. Everybody's like, you can't buy friends. It's like, Oh no, you can, you can buy friends. They're not going to be in good this friends. Town, honey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I wish that I would have spent less money. And I also wish that I wouldn't have put so much like weight and energy and like so much of myself into dating that just like that. All my worst decisions isolated to this like period of teenage years of just trying to figure out what dating was and 
And yeah, they definitely like I let that get in the way of a lot of different projects of, you know, oh, my boyfriend doesn't think that it's a it's okay for me to take a show where I might have to kiss somebody and like, oh, this movie, I have to like, you know, take my shirt off and that's not okay. And it sort of kind of derailed where my career was going. Yeah. How did you meet Dylan? So Dylan, he was filming Kicking It on the same lot. So we both worked at Hollywood Center Studios and Sunny with a Chance was filming there. And then it eventually became so random and Kicking It was filming there. And I remember my manager was representing another kid who was on the Kicking It cast. And she was like, hey, there's this new show across the lot. Will you go say hi to them? I know it'll mean a lot. So I went over there during their first episode. I went and said, hi, Dylan asked for a picture with me and, and I, you know, exchanged phone numbers with all the cast. And I remember being so excited because all the kids are cast members on Sunny with a Chance were much older than me. And, you know, Demi was the closest to my age. She was 17. I think she was 16 when we did the pilot and she was 17 when we started the show. But everybody else were like in their 20s. And so she was like hanging out with them because it's like, you know, she could drive and she could like go out and spend time with them and stuff. And that's like I was showing up to set with my dad and I was still in the schoolroom. So there was this like huge separation between like the rest of the cast and they would go like do dinners and hang out and stuff. And I was like, you know, freshly yanked out of school on this set with like, you know, kind of the little sister of everybody. And I didn't really have anybody my age anymore. And so I remember being so, so excited about kicking it, being on the lot. And I would like run over there during all my lunch breaks and hang out with their cast. I remember I found out what Omega was because their cast would like go on Omegle. And so some people in the world have Omegled with like me and the kicking it cast, just like giddily, like swiping through on a laptop when we're 12, <laughs> just like screwing around. Oh, that's so funny. Do you, have you gone on Omegle now as an adult? I've not gone on Omegle as adult, only just a couple of times throughout my teenage years. And it's all terrible, awful stories that my parents have no idea about. <laughs> Horrible. Omegle was so garbage. I remember my my sisters and I used to go on and we would like put our bras over our shirts and we were like just like <laughs> saying like I remember there was a night where we were singing like don't need nothing but a good time like just like yep. on Omega like just like <laughs> yeah clicking through yep. all of the faces and um so many penises <laughs> that so we many penises want to see <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. That's awesome. So you guys met on set of your respective shows and, and how long have you guys been together? We were close friends for a really long time and we both liked each other when we were little, but you know, when you're like 13, you don't do anything about it. You know, as we were starting to get older, he was actually going to like ask me out, but like then I was dating somebody by that point and then he was dating somebody and we just kind of like the timing was never really right, but we were still like super close friends. We would always seek each other out at events. Our parents were actually really close as well. His mom and my dad, they were like the chill set parents who like didn't want the drama of all like the other momagers. And so they would always like his mom would be like, text Allison and see if like her and her dad are going to this event. And and so we would always like seek each other out at stuff and like hang out outside of everything or like go get dinner afterward. And us and our families had always like loved hanging out and we always thought the world of them. And then finally, we had both gotten out of like really, really detrimental, awful, unhealthy relationships around like the same time. It was the summer of 2015. And we were just like, you know, hanging out as friends. We had kind of had like our whole friend groups connected to the people that we were dating as well. So we were both just sort of like trying to rebuild like a social circle and just find somebody to hang out with. And so we reconnected, you know, started hanging out 
again. And yeah, it was just sort of like timing all of a sudden was right. And it was like, oh, you can actually like like the person you're dating. And that's pretty cool. And we just as soon as we started dating, everybody was like, ah, that makes sense. Like, that's what that was supposed to be. That's so cute. I love that. I remember the first week of dating, we kind of turned it into a game of like trying to top each other with like the worst relationship experience we had had. It was kind of like, what have you gotten thrown at your head? Yeah, like the trauma Olympics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, let's just, you know, be in a chill. Like it's pretty much like, you know, a friendship. It's like you can actually like hang out, enjoy each other. And like it, it doesn't have to be full of drama and jealousy and all that. Yeah, you can be best friends with your partner. That's yeah. like probably what you should be, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably really like your partner. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, and especially because, you know, we had both been in the industry for years and like both grown up, like child actors, everything. He moved all around. He used to do Broadway out in New York. He moved out here for kicking it. But yeah, it was just kind of like, you know, that sort of just different lifestyle than all of our other friends that like slight bit of like loner mentality because you know you're always like you know you get really close with the cast and then all of a sudden you're not on that show anymore and then it's like okay well who are my friends now I don't know I guess I'll have to wait till my next project to find out who my friends are I really loved your video where you were like when I was working on Sunny with a chance I had no friends so I just anytime I met somebody I would put their number in my phone and organize these big group hangs and then just like that story was so funny of just like hugging strangers, thinking that they were like part of your crew. <laughs> yeah, I was just like the known like organizer. Like I would just, you know, go to all these different premieres, events, everything, just pass my phone around be like, we're doing mini golf next Saturday. Like have your parents drop you off at 6 p.m. <laughs> just like that was me. And it was just like everybody was invited. And, you know, there was always like the cluster of parents that would like quietly follow us in the background. <laughs> oh, my God. The cluster of parents. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I was working on School of Rock, one of my castmates and I were kind of like a couple and he and I like he yeah he like told me he liked me and I was just like okay cool and like <laughs> I didn't know what that meant I was like 10 <laughs> um, but we would like walk around Times Square holding hands and stuff and our moms would just be like a, a, you know a, a generous like five feet behind us just yep, like yep. being like <laughs> and we would like turn over our shoulders every once in a while just like mom <laughs> love it it. god yes yeah yeah it it just it's those memories of the clusters of moms and even you know we had a reunion and the moms all came to the reunion because they all really loved each other and like got to know each other and we were all like in our 20s at this point and so like the cluster of moms isn't fun when we're all trying to get absolutely wasted (laughs) (laughs) my mom being like 10 feet behind me at all times being like what are you doing I'm like I'm trying to get drunk and get laid here (laughs) like yeah please leave me alone everybody cell phones away cameras away (laughs) just yes Yeah. (laughs) yeah well Allison it's been an absolute honor to have you on the show do you want to plug anything now is the time Absolutely. Yeah. My name is spelled weird. It's A-L-L-I-S-Y-N. If you type that in, you'll pull up pretty much all of my social medias because apparently nobody else spells it like that. But yeah, I'm always Allison on Instagram and through there I plug everything else that I do. But yeah, I stream on Twitch. I paint and love hanging out with people. And it's my favorite social media because I get anxiety over like 
really full inboxes and unchecked messages and having to copy and paste pretty much the same answer to everybody. So I love the Twitch environment because you guys get to, you know, ask me things live and I get to, you know, open up my home to you guys. You get to see what my bedroom looks like and come hang out with me while I draw things. And so, yeah, love Twitch. Check me out there. Always Allison. And then I'm also on Etsy, The Art of Allison. If you want to check out any of my painting and paintings, I do, you know, original work and greeting cards and bookmarks. I have a, a monthly book club as well that I started during the pandemic just something you know once a month be able to you know read with the online community and we do a little like live book discussion and we always pick books that are also movies since you know that's my entire background and I adore cinema I want to be able to compare the book and the movie and from my perspective but yeah like I said I do a little bit of everything check out Astrid Clover as well I dump so so much time and heart and soul into Astrid Clover and I hope you enjoy it yeah our videos it's all over the place it's quite the variety there's definitely so videos of me like getting beyond wasted and projectile vomiting on that show so dig through find some some golden content that will make it so that i can never run for president amazing beautiful <laughs> you can also catch ap bio on peacock plus and sunny with a chance on disney plus and i will drop the twitch and the etsy and the show notes and the Instagram and the Astrid Clover and all of the things. I love that you're still organizing the book club and Twitch. It's, it's <laughs> incredible to see that you've like, you've stayed authentically you. That's It's just incredible. Thank you. So thank you so much for coming through and being your authentic self. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was so fun. And I think it's a wonderful idea, you know, being able to talk to these, you know, child actors who have grown up and like, you know, we've got lives outside of that one thing that we're really well known from. And so this was really cool. Truly. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Where Are We Now with Rivka Reyes. Please check us out on Instagram at Where Are We Now Pod. And if you like our show, please leave us a review. If you leave a review and DM a screenshot on Instagram at Where Are We Now Pod, I will pull a tarot card for you. That's right. I might also give you some tough love. You might need it. Join our community on Patreon for BTS, spicy content, spicy pictures. Yeah, you know you want to get a picture of my sweet, sweet ass in your email, personalized shoutouts, and more. Patreon.com slash Rivka Reyes. You can follow me at Rivka Reyes on Twitter and at Rivka.Reyes on Instagram and TikTok. Last but not least, I must give credit to our wonderful team of women. The music is produced by Elise Watman, the graphics are designed by Marina Heinze, and the editing is done by our friends at weeditpodcast.com, which is a women-owned business. So cool. We love to see it. Finally, just know wherever you are in your life, physically, mentally, spiritually, you are loved. Get used to it, babe. See you next week.